place Me the chosen left it open for us, do it just fine Oh, this is not a phase We've been at it for a while, but we got nothing but time Hi, good afternoon world, uh, Wesley Pepper here and you tune into Wesley Pepper's Art Lexia. Yeah man, we're really deep into the year um, and it's like, you know, November already and the year's coming to an end man. Um, so yeah, man, thanks for keep thanks for tuning in, you know, um, hope you guys enjoyed um, last week's um, podcast with um, with Musa. The Racial Harmony Project. Really, really interesting project. Um, I've since the last recording haven't heard from him with, with regards to the publishing of the um the with with a with the magazine or the project. Let me let me just use project because that encompasses absolutely everything. But as soon as I do, it'll be all over my socials, you know. Um so you can just follow it there. But um pick up man, like I um I really believe in what he's in what he's trying to do. And, um, you know, I'm definitely out there to support him with whatever, um, you know, with, with, with whatever I have available. So definitely look out for that. Okay. And we'll definitely do, most definitely do a follow up with him. Most probably in, um, I would say more February, March next year, um, you know, to give us some time for the project to, you know, find its roots and, 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 and so forth. But we'll definitely do a follow up, up with that. So yeah, man, thanks guys. Um, today we're going to take, um, uh, a different, uh, uh, or rather we're going to be talking about something different other than art. Um, it's actually to a, a, um, a good friend of mine today. We're talking to Helen Sayers. Now, Helen is a very, very interesting lady. So I met her when I was doing a very interesting project in Seychelles one year and, um, I was there doing, um, a mural um, or rather I was, um, I, I ran a workshop and a talk around, around street art on the island. And, um, I ended up working with, um, with that local art collector. We did some really beautiful murals. And the whole idea was, um, you know, I was a championing the whole idea of, you know, art is a weapon and, you know, art is a doing thing. And Helen, um, because we were part of this festival, this cultural festival and exchange program was going on and Helen did a, um, she did a series of workshops on, um, on working with Ubuntu. So it was hella crazy, man. And, and, and very, very interesting because I, um, because of the program, I remember I, I could only go to one of, our um, workshops, but, uh, we spoke and, you know, we since connected after that on multiple times. And I, you know, I consider a good friend of mine and, um, the, I, I, I I just want to explain to you the, the workshop and, and then sort of like how we're going to construct today's, um, or rather what today's talk is going to be about. Um, so she was using, you know, we were all these, uh, it was a little mix-max of youth and I would say young adult in the, in the, in the audience. And she used very, very interesting creative ways of, of people, um, I'm talking about what bothers them, um, um, uh, I actually ran a bit of a blank there, <laughs> but it was a whole host of, but it was really cool. <laughs> Take my word for it. I will definitely explore that a bit, a bit later. Uh, I ran a total blank there, but, um, I remember one of the, one of the, one of the exercises was that you had to just, just choose somebody random who you don't know. And I mean, I'm in a foreign country, so I just choose somebody sitting right next to me and, um, you had to write. I don't know, you just talk to the person for like a few 
minutes or I think it was a minute and then based on that sort of write what you like about them or what you enjoy about them I found that very interesting because she used different you'd use different markers and you wrote sort of like on a part uh, on, 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 on a postcard type thing very interesting very 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 interesting so um Helen also does a lot um I know she stayed for um in Oman for the longest time and I see she's based in France now, so we'll um we'll 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 we'll, we'll, um, we'll talk about that. Um, but you know, she published this book also. Um, I think it was published could have been about just under ten years ago. We'll definitely um get get, get um ask about that. And um in 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 this book, she had all these um um workshops based off based off the concept of Ubuntu because because she and many others were very 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 much influenced by what happened in South Africa post ninety four um with the TRC and the whole concept of Ubuntu and they based a whole series of workshops, uh, a creative workshops where where uh, uh, based based off that and we're gonna unpack that and basically talk about um how uh, because she works a lot with artists um. Uh, a lot and are over artists from different parts of the world. I know she works with us or she's friends with a very, very interesting sculptor. I think in um, East Africa, I don't remember the country, but I remember she sharing his work. Um, very, very, he did this very beautiful wood sculpture. And um, so we'll be touching, um, 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 or rather we'll, we'll be talking about how uh, COVID has uh, affected um, well, creatives, you know, or rather how our behaviors um, has been changing, but this is, but this is behaviors in general for, for people in general, how it's affecting our behaviors and um, the role that artists can, can play, but sort of on a spiritual level, you know, not just on just creating art for commercial purposes, because we know there's more to art than just that. And um, I know, I know Ellen is incredibly well versed in all of that. She's definitely looking forward to it. And um, we actually haven't spoken in the longest time. So it's going to be really cool to, um, to uh, catch up. I know I spoken to her, I think it was four years ago, actually, four or five years ago. It's incredible how time flies. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Um, stay tuned. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm certainly looking forward to it. And um, we'll catch up towards the, oh, we'll catch up again when on the outro. So thank you for tuning in there we go okay um helen so yes so we are recording now okay um just give my listeners like a like a rundown on who is helen says i know you're based in france now so um yeah you know what are you doing right now where are you from what type of thing Mm. Well, thank you, Wesley, and um, and thanks very much for inviting me onto this um, podcast. Um, I feel very honoured and uh, and very happy to to share with you. Thank you. And um, yes, just a very brief introduction. Mm. Um, I'm from the UK. I'm, in fact, I'm from the island of Jersey, which is much closer to France than it is to England. So I've always had this um, connection with France, and and now I'm based in France. But in fact, since um, lockdown or since the beginning of all this COVID story, mm. I, I came over to visit my parents just for um, a couple of weeks, and here I still am. Sure. <laughs> um, so I've been here now for, what is it, nine months almost in Jersey. And um, apart from two brief visits to France, uh, now I'm sort of based here, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And um, 
And of course, my parents are not getting younger. Mum's 88 and dad's 94 and, and dad's very disabled. So now I find that I can be useful to them. Um, I've always felt that I would spend more and more time with them and come and visit them for longer periods. But COVID changed all of that. And, uh, and I'm here as a sort of part-time carer for them. Um, and uh, so it's a different chapter in my life and something that I really value and enjoy. There's, I'm getting to know my parents in a way that I would never have got to know them just with brief visits. And, and of course, through that, I'm getting to know aspects of myself even more. And, mm. uh, and uh, so it, it's just made this whole chapter, I think, has made me realise that we can plan to a certain extent, but then there's something called life or drama or whatever you want to call it that steps in. Yeah. And somehow I feel that we have to find what is of benefit in you know each of these things that happens to us. And like when I look back on my life, I can see that even the so-called worst things that happened to me, I learned from them or I grew from them or something happened as a result yeah. of that. Uh, and so I look back and I think every step of the journey has been of benefit in some way or has led me to where I am now. So I'm constantly looking now for benefit in situations that are coming to me and coming to the people around me. So so that's where I am now. And, of course, if you like, I could talk a little bit about my connection with Africa. And yeah, please, yeah, man. Please, please, please. please. That's, yeah. that's sort of where I want us to get off into anyway. But, um, yeah, look, just hold on, man. I still have an interesting question because I was actually watching this this morning. Yes. With regards to the lockdown in France. So, um, I heard that Macron has recently, um, upped the, um, uh, the, the restrictions. And, and, and I know there's a curfew. Can you just explain just how bad is it? What can you do? What can't you do? And so on. Um, well, you, you're expected to more or less stay at home most of the time. Uh, you can go out, you have to have a permit to go out every day. You can go online and you can download this permit for that day. And you can do essential shopping. Uh, you can do, I think, an hour of exercise. Um, you know, if you have to go to the pharmacy, you can. But if, if the police stop you, you have to show them your permit. And I don't know whether it actually gives the, the, the time when you left your home. I'm not quite sure exactly how this permit works, but they are quite strict and, and people have to or expected to abide by it. Uh, you can't travel very far, even in your car. So it is quite restricting, and I don't know how for how long that's going to last. And for me, the way that would affect me would be not only if I go back to, to my little place in France, would I have to sort of more or less stay indoors, but if I come back to Jersey, or probably anywhere in the UK at the moment, I would then have to go into um, you know, quarantine yes. for two weeks. Yes. And I would probably have to do that in a hotel room somewhere. <coughs> Excuse me because I can't come and sit at my parents' home in quarantine. Yeah, yeah. And so that makes, you know, that, that means to me I'm just going to hang on in here and wait and see what happens. I saw that um, there's quite a high infection rate. Yes. So is there, just 
just like in closing, man, is there a sense of, or, or how can I put it, like, of, of panic, but, or rather, how does, how does people that will perceive, you know, COVID? Because, I mean, yes. it's going on for how many months now? I'm sure the, the frustration, yes. because, I mean, I can relate to that from what's happening in South Africa. So, yeah, just like, if, like how, how are people in that part of the world responding to all of this? Yes, that's a very good question. Well, where I am in Jersey, we're actually very lucky. There are very few restrictions. At the moment, you're advised to wear a mask if you go into anywhere public, like banks or shops. Um, but it's not legally enforced. The only thing that is legally enforced is this um, going into quarantine. If you're coming in from another part of, of the world that's red or orange, um in terms of infection oh, rates, infection. then you come back to Jersey and you take a test and then you're supposed to keep out of the way of everyone for a certain length of time. So where I am at the moment, um, and, you know, I'm very lucky, I, I'm staying with my parents, I, you know, I have all my needs catered for. Yeah. Um, but I think it's more the the frustration and the hardship for people whose businesses have been affected or who or people who can't visit their elderly relatives and and I know with my parents um the the one thing that that they really miss is their grandchildren their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren who come and visit them and they haven't seen them now for goodness knows how many months but meanwhile I got mum onto whatsapp And now she sits there flicking through videos and all the kids yeah. send their latest shots. of. And I think she's far more actually in connection with all her grandchildren and great-grandchildren than she was before COVID. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so again, you could almost say there is a silver lining there. That that's, she's, actually, that's actually quite an interesting, quite point, an interesting point because, because I, definitely, I definitely, um, in my previous, uh, in my previous uh, episodes, uh, episodes um, in the podcast, uh, in the podcast um, um, I've definitely noticed um, that uh, COVID has really bottlenecked or through everybody, or forced everybody, everyone to put it into understanding technology and make it work for them. So it's really it's really yes. opening a really interesting, um, um, I would say, world. Um, yes. But um, before we get to all of that, because so I want to I get to that. So explain to us, uh, before we spoke about COVID, about your relationship in working in, um, on the continent, on Africa. Yes. Um, well, it started actually when I was um, oh, in my early 20s. And um, as a teacher, a teacher of science and um, music and sports, but my main subject was science, Mm -hmm. um, I just saw a job advertised in the the teacher's journal um, for a a job in an international school in Kenya. And I really didn't know much about Kenya. This was 1978, by the way, going back a long way. (laughs) And and, um, I thought, why not? And so... I was accepted for the job and I got on a plane and um, and I was three years in, in Kenya without coming back home. And the first thing that I felt, in fact, it was interesting. It was even before I landed, I was in the plane feeling quite excited, looking out at this incredible landscape unfolding beneath me as we were coming to land. Mm-hmm. I was sitting next to a delightful little old lady and Suddenly, I heard the word, "I'm ho- you're home, or I'm home. And I looked at the little lady, and I said, oh, what, what do you mean by that? 
happened? And she said, I didn't say anything. <laughs> and I suddenly realized that it was something coming from deep within me. And I just felt I was coming home. And the moment I walked out onto the airport runway, um, there was this feeling of warmth. There were smiles. There were these colors and just this feeling of welcome. The country was welcome. The soil was welcoming me. And the people were smiling. And I just felt that I was in, in a totally different world that was somehow accepting me with open arms. And um, and so that was the beginning of my three years in Kenya, and lots of adventures. And, and it was a real opening for me because I didn't know anyone there. So I didn't have parents that I had to be, you know, I had to behave in front of. I didn't have friends that I had to impress. I didn't have yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Do, do you understand what I mean? Exactly, I could be, exactly. I could be me. Mm -hmm. And so it was quite an adventure of self-discovery, not having to be accountable to anyone, if you like. Yeah, and yeah, I suddenly realized yeah. that even my thoughts had been influenced by other people. I, I, I was sort of almost watching my thoughts and thinking, why are you thinking that? Because that's not actually what you think. Mm, <laughs> and, mm. and then I realized that religious beliefs, I, I suddenly came across people and the way they were, you know, doing their worship or their prayers or something was just so different. Yeah. And there were different religions. I'd never looked into different religions before. And there were all sorts of different, and I suddenly thought, gosh, my upbringing doesn't necessarily have all the answers and isn't yeah. necessarily the whole truth. So it made me start to question and deeply explore other ways of doing things, other ways of life. And so that's just a very quick summary of my experience yeah. of yeah. Kenya. And then I left Kenya and I went to Canada for a while thinking that Perhaps I would like to live there, but there was something deeply, deeply missing. And uh, I went to have a look at a school there that interested me, and the, the headmaster showed me around, and he said, well, we haven't got any jobs here at the moment, but we will have in a year's time. But he said, I think you've left your heart in Africa. <laughs> Sounds very poetic. poetic. Yes, I think he picked it up just in our conversations, and he said, We've got a sister school in Swaziland. I wonder if that would interest you. Now, I had never heard of Swaziland, yeah, but I just yeah. nodded my head and said, well, yes, thank you very much. And he picked up the phone to the head teacher of Waterford Gamslaba School in Mbabani. And my, my next job was arranged in about three minutes in a phone conversation. It was quite quite strange yeah but yeah. uh so then off i was heading for swaziland and that was in the early 80s and that was a totally different experience to kenya it was a totally different experience to anything i'd experienced before and there i found myself in this little island country surrounded by south africa with all its problems then of apartheid yeah, you know nelson yeah, mandela yeah. was in jail and yes, yes. everything that was going on but swaziland didn't have that problem and i didn't feel even the slightest bit of 
had feelings towards me because I was white. And I said to a, a friend of mine, a, a, a black South African, he was actually from South Africa, he was a refugee in Swaziland, and I said, how come? Here I am with my white skin, and no one seems to you know, dislike me. And he says, you know, we've got nothing against white people. We don't hate white people. It's just that some of them have got a strange attitude. <laughs> and I thought that was so big-hearted. And I could really feel his sincerity that there wasn't hatred in his heart. I mean, he had been brutally tortured, this mm. guy. He, his stories, he was involved in the Soweto uprising. Okay. And his stories were quite incredible. But he became like a brother to me and we had a very deep connection and um, and he introduced me to some very very interesting people and I got to know a lot about the struggle uh, and what was going on and so my three years in Swaziland was one year at Waterford Gamsaba a big international school and then two years at a local school for girls in Manzini. Yes. And that's something I had always wanted, was to actually be really in the community, to really get to know the culture. And so that was another real opening for me, I could say. And that's my three years in, in Swaziland sort of confirmed this. I had never heard the word Ubuntu until I left Africa. But I felt it. I felt it. Uh, And it was what kept bringing me back to Africa. And I I traveled to many countries after I'd lived in Swaziland. And it was like a magnet. It was something kept pulling me back. And it was this Ubuntu that um, I'd never put in. No one had ever put a name to it. Or Mm. maybe I just hadn't recognized it before. That's interesting. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, as you yeah, can hear, yeah, we have a serious, serious downfall of It's bucketing down. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, it's actually quite beautiful. Ellen, pretty interesting, man. What's your relationship with, or rather, how do you see artists playing a more active role now moving forward? Um. And I see art as an expression of the soul, Um, whether it's music, whether it's painting, whether it's sculpture. Um, And my main connection with artists as such is that um, uh, I've been, I wouldn't say supporting, but in partnership with a uh, West African wood sculptor. He sculpts values. His sculptures are absolutely beautiful. And... And and the, and he when he sits in front of a piece of wood, I mean any artist would 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 know about this. That you know the power of silence. You he sits in front of this piece of wood. He goes into silence, and he listens. I mean he says it's as if the wood starts to speak to him. He starts to feel and see and visualize. And this amazing three dimensional shape comes out of it and I, I just think it's fantastic yes. and you know I, I think art is is just wonderful how something profound from the soul is then expressed yeah. through whatever medium it is and and I think we are all artists in our different ways and and I think artists like painters and sculptors bring out 
the artist in me, when I see it, I start to feel, I start, start mm. to express myself. It, it, it inspires me. And I think now more than ever, um, perhaps we all need to be thinking, what is my gift? What is my art? What is my creativity that will nourish me, first of all, and that has a message um, that has something that will touch others uh, or something that will help others to come together in some way in appreciation. And I think we are seeing, you know, choirs coming together, people sitting in their little rooms, children, adults, and they're creating beautiful music all together, even yeah. though they're yeah. all in their separate rooms. And yeah. we're seeing yeah. these musicians doing this as well in fact even before covid mm. um we've seen this how different artists as a guitarist here a drummer in mm. senegal and someone somewhere else all coming together to make music because let's face it we can't all even before covid not everyone can jump on a plane and go and join someone somewhere yeah. else in the world but as you said technology connects us together and i think now it's a connection of the soul or a connection of the heart that's needed most in this time where we're reading about and hearing about very serious mental health yeah, issues yeah, yeah, yeah. you know due to this loneliness and yeah, sort of feeling yeah, cut isolation, off. Isolation. yes and if people haven't already started on an inner journey of meditation or self-discovery or whatever it is that enriches the soul yes. then it can be a very lonely world at the moment and a very devastating world and if you can't if you can't cope with some of these feelings then you know it's easy to go into a, a very very bad state of mind and I think art can help very much in you know, helping people connect with their source, connect with their own peace of mind or connect with their own enthusiasm or connect with whatever it is. So I feel that whatever we can do to encourage artists to express something of value out there in the world, um, that that is great. But of course, as you also said, artists have to live. And, and so this is a big challenge. Um, and with my West African friend, I was um, joining in exhibitions and festivals and fairs and yes, taking his sculptures yes. and actually putting them out there for people to see. And of course, I can no longer do that. He can no longer do that in yeah, Senegal yeah. because there are no tourists. And so He's got to think again. And so what we're doing is we're setting up a very beautiful website. Up till now, he's just had a little blog, which yes. hasn't yes. really sort of got him out there. And so we're setting up a lovely website. Um, and hopefully that will get his art out there. And, and then yes. who knows? Yes. And, and then there's a certain point where... One can either be anxious and worried and concerned about the future, or we have to develop this very deep trust and courage and confidence that the future might be very different to what 
I had thought it was going to be, but things will somehow work out mm. because things usually do. And that has been something that I think has guided me in my life um, for many, many years. Is yes. just this because I've, you know, my life is a little bit different to the sort of standard yeah. life that perhaps yeah. my parents would yeah. have wanted yeah. for me. You know, yeah. I've traveled yeah. after Swaziland. I went to, um, well, I came back to England for, for some time and my brother had had a nervous breakdown. And that was a chapter in my life which had a tremendous influence on me. He was just the most lovely soul you could imagine, mm -hmm. but very vulnerable. And then he went into a, well, eventually he was diagnosed as um, schizophrenic. Oh. But he somehow accessed um, parts of his mind, parts of his being that were just fascinating for me to observe and witness. And um, the things that he came out with and just him and, and getting to know him when he was in this state was very eye-opening for me. And it made me want to understand the mind more, understand feelings and emotions, yes. understand yes. where where does this all come from, what are we all about, and then ultimately, who am I? And so I'm so grateful to my little brother who led me to studying and researching and you know looking into these very deep questions of existence and purpose and yeah. meaning yeah. and then eventually to taking up meditation as part of my daily life and yes. really studying and understanding you know what is the soul what is, what is this being that's um, conducting this huge body of matter and Yes. that has thoughts yeah. and feelings and that has a history and memory, memories galore and is part of a greater whole which we can only just start to understand. But I feel now is a time with everything that's going on around us and especially going on around you at the moment. Hey man, like, hey man, I'm telling like, you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm It's actually quite tricky. Um, yeah. Because uh, it's, uh, it's really buffeting down. Um, Helen, could you just pause until after this film? Because I just think for quite a few, for some purposes. Yes, okay. Okay, so I'll just pause and I'll just, I'll just call you on WhatsApp. Sounds better. What did you do? Yeah, man, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell it's, you it's, 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 it's these um, summer, summer thunderstorms. thunderstorms man. Well, it added a bit of atmosphere, didn't it? It did. Background. Yes. Oh my goodness. Was, well, um, Wesley, good. remind me, where do you actually live? Which well, okay. well, okay. uh, well, I'm still um, based in Johannesburg, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. What, you see, I'm eight months into it, my landlord is being a real asshole, so they cut off our electricity. Oh, no. huge amount, so we were really fighting that at the moment. So I moved back home to Kingley in the Northern Cape, so it's like just about 500 kilometers outside Johannesburg. So it's in the Karua, so it's flat here. Uh, oh dear. So yeah, so, we're fighting. Yeah, we're fighting. 
lots of lots of battle, uh, which is also uh, part reason why I thought like just to give my listeners a bit of a break and just give like a different, I'll say, perspective on what's happening in this COVID time. And then you, like your name, back up, man. Look, man, I actually wanted to follow up with what you were saying. What I wanted to. Make a follow-up follow uh, question, uh, question on, um, on um, your understanding. Your I understand, understand how you, um, you, um, you see the arts. See the arts. And, um, and um, in your explanation in your before explanation the huge before thunderstorm, the um, <laughs> you didn't you make mention didn't once make of mention its commercial value. Yeah, its commercial value. And that, 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 mm. unfortunately, that narrative drives our industry. So I think that's a very interesting point to come in. I agree entirely that you know the the spirit of Ubuntu now has to help everyone to to just work together and and make things work. When I went to France, I believe very much. By the way, this is slightly aside, but it is connected. I believe very much um, in things like synchronicity and you know coincidences and signals, and I, I don't say that in a sort of pie in the sky way because it, it's something that has been very real for me um i could be trying to do something and trying and trying and then suddenly something else happens right out of the blue and that's actually the way that i've got to do and i had never thought about it or planned it but ding there it comes and this is big i mean i just told you the story of me getting my job in swaziland yes. it was just you know absolute chance and yet it all seemed to be part of the bigger plan of my life. But I could never have planned that. And I somehow think we need to trust in this that, I mean, there's an expression, isn't there, that what is it? Man proposes and God disposes or something like that. You know, we can plan and plan and plan, but actually something else is going to happen. And um, so this has been very much part of, of my life and just observing how things happen and trusting in the way things happen. I don't know if if that sounds very, you know, a little bit pie in the sky, but it, it just does seem to work for me. And I'm sure if, I mean, for example, let me give you another example of how I connected with a little bit of the art world in France. Um, when I first started to explore I'd, I'd spent let me let me go back a little bit yes. after Swaziland I came back to England and Jersey where I stayed for about 10 years altogether and that was another time I told you a little bit about my yes. brother that very much influenced my life and for me it was a time of great soul searching exploring all sorts of cultures religions ways of life and, and brought me into studying and practicing meditation and then I went to Geneva for eight years and became involved with different um, non-governmental organizations at the United Nations. And I was part of a spiritual group called the Brahma Kumaris World Spiritual University um, that had um, consultative status with UNESCO at the United Nations. And so I represented that group at the United Nations, and the aim was to just highlight the importance of values in all of these big global issues. And it was a fascinating time for me because I 
it connected me with the whole world. And you could very easily brush shoulders with ambassadors. And I even saw um, Tabo and Beggy smiled at me and waved me. And I had a chat with Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And, you know, also it was quite an empowering and intoxicating time being there. And then after that, I went to Oman in the Middle East. Yes. And again, that was just a some each time it's been just a sheer coincidence that has taken me there. Uh, and then I spent nine years in Oman, which really opened me to yet another culture, yet another religion, yet another whole world view, if you like. And, and so each of these chapters have shaped my life. And then after nine years in Oman, for various reasons, it was like as if that chapter was closing. I could feel it. I could feel it in my blood. There was a certain period of only just a few months where I could feel that things were tying up in Oman. I loved it very deeply and everything was going well. But that was a chapter closing, which I accepted. And I felt that I needed to go back and be closer to my parents anyway. And, and and sort of I needed a spell back in Europe for some reason. And I found myself looking into France, Brittany, which is quite close to, to Jersey. And during the first few months of being there, I went to this big, beautiful open air market and I was having a look at these organic um, tomatoes and apples. And I just started chatting to um, the people who were running these stands. And one guy, we were having a really good conversation, and he comes from the Isle of Réunion, which is, of course, in the Indian Ocean, which is a great melting point of different cultures. And so we connected. And then as a result of our conversation, he said, I wonder if you'd be interested in what I'm doing here. And he handed me a little leaflet, and it said, Ubuntu Café of Rennes. So this is the name of the town, Rennes. I said, what? Ubuntu Café? What? I don't believe it. And he said, oh, yes, Ubuntu, I can explain what that means to you if you like. And I said, no, you don't have to explain it to me. Uh, I just, it's something that I'm passionate about. And here it is in Wren. And uh, so he said, yes, he said, it's a concept that I came across and that I feel is needed in France because the French culture tends to be very, and the French word is individualist. So individualist, Mm -hmm. you know. So, um, and he said, I feel we need Ubuntu here to get people together and get people sharing. And so he'd set up the Ubuntu Cafe of Wren, and it was the little cafe on a corner, just on the outskirts of the city, where he'd set it up. He had a little bar where you know it was a cafe so you could have a you know cup of tea or you could have something alcoholic whatever you like and that Mm -hmm. was the source of income but the aim was to provide a space where young students could come and and put on a little show a little bit of theater or other people could come and talk about their charity or some musicians could come and it was a, a place where people could come and show what they did and yeah. someone came yeah. from oh and, and and a lot of africans somehow it supported a lot of african people and that's where i started to make my network of friends in france i i joined this little association i would go along to some of the events that um, were put on at the ubuntu cafe and when i look back i think well look at that what an amazing coincidence how come i just 
happened to be at that um, fruit vegetable stand, that I happened to talk to that person, that he happened to think I might be interested in Ubuntu, that he happened to give me that piece of paper, and that we then connected. And I just think that um, if we keep our antennae open, if we are open to these sort of things that happen in life, I could never have engineered that to happen. But it, it changed my sort of destiny in France. And I think that possibly this is a, a sort of new way that we perhaps need to be heading towards is, is being more intuitive being more centered, you know, using meditation, the power of silence, the power of intuition. Um, I, I think this is going to somehow help us. It's, it's, it's a very different way of operating for many people. I, yes, I do yes, realize that. But if it can even be integrated slightly, and I think artists are very open. I mean, artists, of course, are very intuitive and very creative and free thinking. And mm. so... I think this is another reason why, as you said earlier on, Wesley, that artists have a great role to play because they can unleash that creativity in other people's minds. They can help people see, see out of the box to to feel to get in touch with themselves. I think mm -hmm. is the first thing, and to unite. And as you said, you know, you're seeing that people are coming together more in the art world. Uh, and uh, so I think this could be the beginning of a, a very positive chapter for humanity yeah, um, yeah. in many ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah a, that's, that's a, a very, that's very interesting closing point, point, and that's sort of where I wanted to close off in. Moving, um, moving forward, I know that France is now dealing with this, and um, nobody can nobody really can be how long it's going to go on. Moving, moving forward, I'm talking 2021 and, 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 and forward in this reality. Uh, where do you see us? Um, um, and I'm talking um, creatives. And um, where do you think we should be focusing on? Well, I mean, I, I don't know what to say to that, really. But I think just continuing to, to focus on, on values, on, on one's inner truth, on one's Creativity. Now, I'll just give you one little example of what else this COVID situation has done for me. It's got me out into the garden. It's got me oh, growing a, vegeta a vegetable patch. Now, I haven't done that since I was a little kid. And the absolute magic of seeing six little runner bean seeds growing and developing into this huge bush, which just produced a meal a day for months and months, and the beautiful flowers and watching the insects and the colors and growing tomatoes now this is something that children are doing here as well and it's something that gave me so much satisfaction and the excitement of just going out and looking at these plants every morning and i even felt my connection with nature um changing i feel a, a much deeper connection with watching the seasons with observing the beauty of plants, the beauty of flowers, and letting that touch the soul again. It's going back to the soul. So I became an artist of this little vegetable patch, and it gave me such pleasure. And, of course, then I could share the fruits, literally yeah. the yeah. fruits of what I'd done yes. with yes. others and inspire a few others to do the same. And now I've got the seeds that I can give oh, to others yeah. as gifts Beautiful. to start their own little garden. Now, that's just a small example yeah, of yeah. creativity, um, connect, 
connecting with beauty through gardening, which you don't have to be a so-called artist to do, yes. but in fact you yes. find that you are an artist. You're working with nature to create something of beauty and something that is also has a commercial value, if you like, and is of use and can be shared. So I think we have to look at the word artist in a very broad sense. That And I think artists can, can convince other people that we are all artists and can perhaps inspire children in particular to use these incredible, incredible creative talents and perhaps get them off their phones and, uh, you know, all these things which are perhaps less creative, although they can be creative. Yeah. You know, help yeah. children to be creative with their social media and, and whatever they do online. If that's their interest, we can't force it away from mm. them. But how can they use it in a worthwhile way? I believe that we all have the most incredible talents and one of the greatest gifts that was given to me was when I, the day I left Swaziland, little children that I used to say hello to on the roadside, they gave me an Audi car as my leaving present. And this Audi car was made out of every scrap of metal and Coca-Cola tins that they had found along the wayside. Yeah. And they had constructed this into a little framework of a car. When I say little, it was quite big. Okay. But I could eat. It had an extensible steering wheel. And they showed me how I could drive my car along the road. This touched my heart. This yeah, was the that's, that's quite beautiful. That's quite beautiful. The creativity of these little children, and I somehow managed to pack that thing away into a packing box, and I brought it all the way back home to, because it touched my heart so much. So I think as artists, we also have a responsibility to share what we have and inspire others, and particularly children, and mm. help them get in touch with themselves. Otherwise, they're going to get lost in what can be a crazy world out there and where values are at great risk of yes, being lost. Yes. I mean, you'd never lose values because they're part of every single human being's soul, but they can get easily covered up. It's like a beautiful diamond. You get dust on the diamond. It doesn't even look like a diamond anymore, but mm. just blow that dust away and let that diamond shine. And mm. that's what's in every single child. And, of course, every single adult. And I think, as you say, you know, artists have this incredible role and the responsibility, perhaps, to yeah. share their creativity and their talents and their know-how with particularly the younger generation. Very well said, Ellen. Well, thank, thank you. Well, thank you, Wesley. Uh, I've enjoyed talking with you. Very insightful. Very insightful. Uh, yeah, thank yeah, you so thank much, you so man. much man. Like, um, like um, I hope you guys, I hope, guys, I hope the lockdown and COVID doesn't, um, or, or rather, I just or hope you guys get to work, work, man. I just hope we all do, you know. I hope so, and uh, my heart goes out to the communities in South Africa and, of course, all over the continent where, you know, challenges can be even greater. Yeah, you know, can, and, yeah, and, and, um, just, just as a closing, um, yeah, 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 you know, I actually know of three people that has passed away of COVID, and I know countless others. Yes. Um, it's been crazy. But anyway, Helen, thank you so much, man. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. And thank you, Wesley. This is great. a great job what you're doing. This is very inspiring. Yeah, man, I hope that also what you were saying, people reach out, man, because artists and creators are listening, man. I want to give my my listeners, my listeners 
good content, man. And I really value what you were saying. Thank you. So let's close it on there. Have a fantastic day. Yes, you too. And happy Thursday. And we'll chat soon. Same with you. Hey, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Helen. Really insightful and um, really interesting points of view and perspectives on life and how artists um, should see themselves. Um, a very, very, very beautiful soul, also very creative. Um, um, and she does, you, you know, you know, she has this really exciting aura about her that, I've, that I, I, I guess I've just always enjoyed. Um, so yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoyed that a lot. Um, we'll definitely see if we can get her on in 2021 and sort of talk about the aftermath of, um, of, of, of 2020 so yeah man guys um look at i've got a um the next episode is going to be really cool um i'm talking to um the Huale paul molete which is a which is actually quite an interesting character because um i know him from my early days at artist proof and he was one of my teachers there um i mean like this this guy was technically just i would i don't use this word often but um but he was very good i wouldn't say genius uh, but he was really really good and and he sort of like you know, fell off or just disappeared out of the industry for quite a few years. So we're going to catch up and, and tell his story. I'm definitely looking forward to that. So please stay tuned to that. And remember to, um, to give us a shot, um, um, feedback, um, all the socials. You know, if I'm at Wesley Pepper on all my social um, handles, Instagram, Facebook, um, um, would I leave out one Twitter? Yeah, so it's, you just search for Wesley Pepper. You'll see me there. Um, yeah, man. Thanks a lot, man, for for, for, for for tuning in. And don't forget to catch us next week. And um, um, just the last closing point. Um, so the format, I'm going to... I think I mentioned last week, I'm going to change the format um, somewhat towards the end, um, or rather in December. So we're going to keep it very, um, um, very, very, very light, still art space and art related, but very light and more family holiday orientated because this year has been just too heavy, man. And um, so look out for some more heavy stuff this month and for some light stuff coming towards um, January. <laughs> December. So people, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for staying tuned and um see you next week.